This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Church from Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit our website at faithchurchlubbock.com. Good to see you. Give you a little sneak preview of the men of iron. I don't know if you caught that there at the end, and some of you may have never heard of Manny Arango. He's a man of God, and he's going to be here, and so we're going to turn him loose on you, and we're going to have him here on the Friday night session, and then he's going to hang around and be in church with us on Sunday morning, so you can look forward to that and start signing up. I welcome you today. If you're watching by live stream, we're glad you're here. If you're a guest, we're glad you're here, and even if you're a regular, I'm glad you're here. So I guess we're just glad everybody's here. If you need a Bible, once you raise your hand real high and ushers would get you a Bible. And once you get the Bible, we'll go to the book of Revelations chapter five. I'll give you a little time to get a Bible. Just keep your hand up real high. Ushers would get that. And just a couple little God thoughts here real quick. Just in the last week or so, just over and over and over and over, this phrase has kept coming up. The, the Lord said to uh, Joshua in Joshua 1, he said, be strong and a good courage. Be strong and a good courage. And the more I begin to hear this here recently, I, I really wonder if be strong and a good courage are a couple prophetic words for 2023. The word strong there means to be firm. It means to be valiant. And to be strong in the Lord literally is the strength of Yahweh. And so right now when life starts trying to squeeze you, and you get into circumstances where you feel like you're, you're in over your head, call out to God for strength and courage. And I believe he's gonna assist you this year, I really do, so just a little God thought for you. We're here on our, our last uh, series here on prayer, the last week we're gonna be on this. And so we'll begin in, in Revelations five, but prayer is our, our personal interaction with God himself. And it's the way that God designed us where we can literally pour out our hearts toward him. And it's not in tricky or religious phrases. It's just I pour my heart out to God. And prayer does me no good unless I actually pray. He didn't say to talk about it and it'll do, or to just think about it and talk about it. It actually has to be done. We got to get over and learn to pray. So we start here in Revelations 5, verse 8. And it says, Now when he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the Lamb. Now this is the activity that's going on in heaven. The living creatures, the 24 elders, and if you note, they fall down before the Lamb, which is the Lord Jesus. Each having a harp and golden bowls full of incense which are the prayers of the saints. Now, it's an interesting statement because the incense here represents and purifies the prayers of the saints, the redeemed sinners. And so when you begin to look at this, this shows me that your prayers and my prayers, they've reached heaven. And note there what, how, how the bowl appears. It's not empty. It's not half full. It's full. And so when I began to look at this, I thought, well, heaven, heaven gets my prayers. In other words, they don't fall on deaf ears. And so you look back again, the, the living creatures, the 24 elders, the lamb. 
Heaven is aware of our prayers. Heaven's aware, but again, it does me no good unless I, I actually pray. Now, off of that thought there on the incense that it talked about, if you're a note taker, you can write this note down. I'm not going to have you go there, but this is the 141st Psalm. Psalm 141, verse number 2. And this is a prayer of King David's. And he said, let my prayer be set before you as incense. Hmm. The lifting up of my hands as the evening sacrifice. So prayer wasn't just my entreaty to God. It wasn't just my asking God for help. My prayer is a form of worship. He would raise his hands. And I don't know if you've ever viewed prayers that way, but really when we pray, we're asking God to intervene. We're looking to a higher authority than us. And so this is what he's talking about. And so don't, don't, don't downplay prayer. Don't blow it off. It's a big deal to heaven. And to show you how big it is, go back to your left to Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 4. And so when I call on the name of the Lord... Again, I'm appealing to a higher court for divine intervention. And I'm saying, Father God, I, I got to have you intervene on my behalf. Now, I don't know if you're a good note taker, but where we're getting ready to head here, you may really want to note these down. If you're not a good note taker today, it'd be a good day to start. Hebrews 4, verse 14. Seeing then that we have a great high priest... Not just a high priest, and it doesn't say an average high priest. It says a great high priest who was passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. So the great high priest is Jesus, and note in there, Jesus, the Son of God. Now, many people will say, well, Jesus is a prophet, but it's a whole other arena when I begin to confess him as the son of God. And so the Bible makes very clear here, he's the son of God. Let us hold fast our confession. So this great high priest, he gives us a legal position before the throne. And as he passed through, what that literally means, that darkness couldn't keep him from getting to the throne. And it says that we hold fast to our confession. You know what that is? That's our confession of salvation. I never let go of the day I gave my heart to Jesus. And I said, Lord Jesus, come into my heart and be Lord of my life. Hold on to that because when you give your heart to Jesus, you become a citizen of heaven. And not only do you get experience salvation... But including in the package of what Jesus died for us is that you're justified. And justified is, is 2 Corinthians 5, 17, which I am the righteousness of God in Christ. In other words, Jesus made me righteous. It wasn't because of anything I did. He sanctified you, which means he set you apart and he declared you holy. He consecrated you. He purified you. And then you know what else the Lord did? Just a little an added bonus. In Psalms 107, it says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Man, I ought to be saying so. 
Well, what does that mean, the redeemed of the Lord? Well, according to Galatians 3.13, he's redeemed us from the curse of the law. The curse of the law was poverty, sickness, and eternal damnation. So when he redeemed us from that, guess what? Your, Your package as the redeemed of the Lord is you walk in divine life, divine health, and divine blessings. Now, if you're not walking in that, you're living way beneath your your benefit package. Keep reading here. Verse 15. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses. In other words, Jesus understands our weaknesses. How does he understand our weaknesses? Because he was tempted just like we were. He suffered just like we do. He had hardships. He experienced rejection. He experienced pain just like me and you. So you know what this tells me? Jesus was human. Sometimes you'll see in the Bible he's referenced as the son of man. He was fully human. He he understands your humanity and my humanity. He understands our weaknesses. But, finish verse 15, but was all points tempted as we are, yet yet without sin. So, in the other side of that, he's never sinned. He's never gotten over into sin. But he can sympathize with us. So what you see off of that verse is Jesus was just as much human, and then the divine, he's the son of God. Verse 15, or 16. Let us, let us. Now in my Bible, I have parentheses around let us. You know what the let us is? Who's the let us? It's the ones that made that confession of salvation that said, Jesus is Lord of my life. So if you're born again, you're part of the let us package. Let us therefore come boldly And to come boldly, it's a choice for me to come. But he says, come boldly to the throne room of grace. So I come to the throne room of grace without reservation. I didn't write this. The Lord wrote this. What an invitation that God said, come boldly. Come come boldly. Now, you think about the come boldly here that he's talking about. If you were here last week, remember in 1 Samuel chapter 1, the woman named Hannah who was barren. And and when she came before the Lord, she she desired to get pregnant. And remember, she didn't say, Ah, Lord, whatever you think is best for me, just give me a a child. No, that's not what she said. She said, Give me a, a male child. That's bold. And the Lord right here gives me and you an invitation to come boldly before the throne of grace. So you know what this tells me? God's into bold prayers. He likes your bold prayers to come before the throne room of grace. So we come before the throne room of grace. Why? That we may obtain mercy. You know what mercy is, don't you? You don't get what you deserve. And you should have shouted for that, because I'm telling you right now, I am very grateful that I don't get what I deserve. Thank you, Lord, for your mercy. That's why he says his mercies are new every day. You know why his mercies are new every day? Because we wear them out every day. We use them up. And then he says, 
and to find grace. You know what grace is? You get what you don't deserve. And I thank God for the grace of God. Man, Lord, I know I don't deserve it, but you still give it to me. And so the acronym of grace is God's riches at Christ's expense. And he ends this that we may find, obtain mercy and grace in a time of need. Man, is anybody in here right now in a time of need? But again, it does me no good unless I obey and I come boldly. I come relentlessly. So let me give you something you can tweet out right now. You know what prayer is? Prayer is my passport into heaven. You know what that means? I can legally come into heaven through my prayers. Prayer is my passport to get into the kingdom of God. And remember how I do that. Now, I'm giving you a little, little review here. I ask the Father in Jesus' name. I speak Jesus. I speak Jesus. Ooh, I remember way back before I ever learned the things of prayer. Some days all I could say was Jesus. You know what? Jesus honors those. You know how I know that? Because remember last week the woman named Hannah, she couldn't even articulate in words her heart, but God understood it. God understood. So when you look at what's going on here, and come boldly to the throne room of grace. What an invitation. Go to your left to Luke chapter 11. Luke chapter number 11. And we'll let the word of God keep filling in some blanks for us. Luke 11. As you're turning there, If you view prayer as your last resort, it reveals the way you look toward God. Can you imagine God being on the throne one day and picture this, him in heaven saying, so you're down to prayer now. So you're down to prayer now. It shouldn't be our last resort. It should be our first resort. Right. Luke 11, verse 9, the Lord Jesus read letter words. So I say to you, so I say to you, now he's getting real personal. I, I say to you, I say to you, glory, I say to you, Fernando. So the Lord's talking to me. He's talking to everyone. You just put your name in there. I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find, knock and it will be open to you. So again, 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 he says you. And so when you look at this, the three imperatives in this verse are in the Greek. They are all present tense denoting a continuous asking, a continuous seeking, and a continuous knocking. You know what that says? Don't ever give up. Keep on. Keep on asking. Keep on seeking. Keep on, 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 on knocking. And think about this. that The man of God we studied in 1 Kings 18, Elijah. Seven times that day he told the, the, the little servant, go back and look again. He kept asking. I believe that's what happened with, with Hannah right here when, when we look into this. And so some people would say, well, why do we, gotta quit, uh, why do we not stop asking? Is God hard of hearing? No. God's in the marinating where we're in the microwaving. 
Don't, don't approach God in prayer with that ASAP mentality. God will hear our prayers on his time. Think about this with Father God. He's never early and he's never late. He's right on time. Verse 10. For everyone who asks receives. And he who seeks finds and to him knocks it will be open. Now when I read this. Man this is tenacious. This is saying I'm, I'm not going to stop. Luke 18 1 says we, we always ought to pray and never lose heart. Never give up. Just keep praying. So let me give you a little acronym today that I don't believe will help you. It's the word PUSH. P-U-S-H. It actually means pray until something happens. That's brilliant, Pastor. It's really deep, isn't it? Push. Pray until something happens. Just keep praying. Some of you don't even remember MC Hammer, but he used to sing a song called, We Got to Pray Just to Make It Today. I'm not going to wrap that for you, okay? I'm too white to do that. Push. So when I see the word push, what comes to my mind is when a woman is about to give birth to a child. They will go into labor. So a number of years back, way, 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 way back, over 40 years ago, my wife was pregnant with our first child. And one night about 4.30, she wakes me up and says, we got to go. And I said, where do we got to go? And she said, we got to get it to the, we got to get to the doctor now. Well, I didn't realize at that time that when my wife gives birth, she means now. So we get into the car and she says, go, you better go, you better go. Well, I don't do real good with childbirth. So I'm thinking, Lord, you got to intervene here. Cross your legs, woman, do something, do something. So we fly to the hospital, man, we fly in there and the little, the little nurse says, I'm going to tend to you here. I'm going to call the doctor to get here. And she begins to check Shelly and she goes, oh my gosh, she's dilated to a hundred. Is that possible? And she says, darling, whatever you do, don't push. And I'm saying, no, don't push. No, no, no. And so they get her situated, and the nurse says, are you okay? And she says, I'm fine. And she goes, I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to him. <laughs> so the doctor finally gets there. My daughter's here today. We give birth, and the doctor says, you want to cut the cord? I was like, God, no. That's what I paid you to do. I don't do those things. Not me, pal. But I mean, when they said push, there it is. And so sometimes prayers like labor. Stay with it. Stay with it. Just keep, keep laboring. Sometimes it's like travailing. And what you're going to see as we go through here today, this is what this is talking about. Don't give up. Remember, those, those bowls of incense in heaven, they're full. And I hope they're full of your prayers and mine. Now, go with me to the book of Ezekiel, way back in the Old Testament now. Ezekiel chapter 22. Ezekiel chapter 22. Um, Isaiah... Jeremiah and then Ezekiel. If you've gone to Daniel, you've gone just a little too far. 
And so when we get here to Ezekiel chapter 22, the nation of Israel, Jerusalem's in a royal mess. It's chaotic. It's, it's not good at all. And so that kind of sets the table for you just a little bit here. Verse 22, or 23, Ezekiel 22, 23. And the word of the Lord came to me saying, so if you were to read this entire chapter, several times he mentions that the word of the Lord came to him. So he's telling Ezekiel, Ezekiel, I got a, I got a message that you need to give my people. Now what you're going to see here is that all classes of, of society within Israel, he singles them out. So we begin, verse 24. Son of man, say to her, say to Israel, you are a land that is not cleansed or rained on in the day of indignation or my indignation. In other words, you are a land that is polluted. Now, when he talks about being polluted here or a land that's not cleansed, he's not talking about the quality of the air. That's not what he's talking about. The pollution he's talking about is, is because you're stinking sins. So he's talking here spiritually what's going on. But then he said something also. He said, nor has there been rain on your land in the day of my indignation. So because of their sin spiritually, it impacted their land physically. You study the Old Testament and you'll find over and over, anytime God wanted to get their attention, it messed with their rain. So he's giving them insight. The reason you guys are experiencing this catastrophe is because you're stinking choices. Verse 25. The conspiracy of her prophets. Now he starts very first with the prophets and he says, you've plotted conspiracies. Now the prophets were the, the mouthpiece of God. And it's interesting to me, the very first one he goes after is the prophets. And he says, in the midst is like a roaring lion tearing the prey. Now, you'll see three times that they have. They have devoured people. They have taken treasure and precious things. And they have made many widows in their midst. And so he said, you've devoured innocent people. You've stolen their treasures, and you've made many widows. Now, two things that gets God's attention, orphans and widows. And he's telling them right now, he said, I'm going to hold you responsible for what you've done. Verse 26, her priest, whoo, her priest. You know who those were? Those were the ones that were supposed to be bringing the word of God. And he said, her priests have violated, and watch all the mys in this verse. There's three of them. They have violated my law. You quit speaking the word of God. Or you watered it down. You spoke uh, men's philosophies. You spoke in the opinions of mankind. You spoke in politics, but you quit speaking the word. And you've profaned my holy things. And because of that, they have not distinguished between the holy and the unholy. 
You've defiled the holy, and it's almost like you don't care. We're going to do whatever we want. Now, it's interesting, the first two people he goes after. He goes after the prophet, and he goes after the priest. You know why he does that? James 3, 1 says, those of you who have a desire to teach the word of God, you're going to fall into a double portion of judgment. You will be judged to a higher degree. Now, I believe personally at Bible schools and seminars, that verse, James 3, 1, should be preached. Now, anytime I read that, I'm telling you the fear of God. It comes on me. If someone says, you know what James 3, 1 says, you don't have to tell me. I know what it means. I got it, Lord. The fear of the Lord is an incredible thing. So he goes after the prophet and the priest. And then he says in verse 27, her princesses, the leaders, the kings, the, the government in her midst are like wolves tearing the prey to shed blood to destroy people and to get, get dishonest gain. And so he said, you ones that are, you're like wolves. Well, who does a wolf prey on? The isolated and the weak. And, and what were they doing? He specifically said, you tear apart people for money and for greed. You, you profit dishonestly. Verse 27, or 28. Her prophets plastered them with untempered mortar. So what he's saying here is the prophets were covering up what the princes were doing. There's two types of people. There's kings and priests. Kings are the provision. Priests are the vision. They don't function without each other. But these priests, they were covering up for these ungodly men. Now look what it says here. You plastered them with untempered mortar seen false visions and divining lies for them saying, thus says the Lord of God when the Lord had not spoken. So you know what he says? You're given false visions and you're making lying predictions and everything you say you tag it with and thus saith the Lord. Little insight for you, okay? Just because someone says thus saith the Lord doesn't mean it's from God. Be careful little ears what you hear. Be careful. This was going on in Israel. This was God's chosen. But look how he ends in verse 29. The people of the land have used oppressions. They've committed robbery. They've mistreated the poor and needy. And they wrongfully oppressed the stranger. So you know what he's saying here? There was an epidemic in their land. There's an epidemic. And it was almost like it didn't bother the people. And it's interesting to me that a lot of times when I read these passages, they mirror the United States right now. Now watch verse 30, okay? This is powerful. And I'm just telling you, this is going to challenge you, okay? In a godly way. So I sought for a man 
Now this is Father God speaking to the prophet Ezekiel. He said, Ezekiel, I sought for a man. I sought for a woman. Just one. Just one. And if you'll note there, he said a man or a woman. He didn't say someone that has a title of priest or prophet. He didn't say someone that had a PhD, a master's degree. He didn't say someone that had this great title. He said, I just sought for a man. Just one. So what was he looking for? I sought for a man among them who would make a wall. Who would make a wall. Who would rebuild a wall of righteousness that would guard my land. Now when he said he searched for a wall, he, he wasn't talking about a wall made of mortar or a wall made of steel. But he was looking for a man that would be faithful to him. Just a, a, a man. Keep reading. Who would make a wall and stand in the gap. Now the word gap here, standing in the gap, is a metaphor for committed intercession. The word intercession means to plead on behalf of another. So right here, Father God said, there's a gap between him and man. And I need an intercessor to repair it. Just one. Just, just a man, just a woman. On behalf of the land. That I not, should not destroy it. This is how bad it had gotten. But look at the last little bit in verse 30. But I found no one. I couldn't find one. I, I, I couldn't find just a man. I couldn't find one. So without someone in place, the invasion of darkness occurs. Eventually the destruction of people. So when you read verse 30 here, God, God has made it very clear that prayer is the match that lights the fuse to release the explosive power of the Holy Spirit on a, on a society. And, and I want to highlight something. He said, you would stand in the gap before me on behalf of the land. So this is where it becomes challenging right here. God's still on the look for a man, a woman. Some of you are called right now to stand in the gap on behalf of your family, your kids, a nation, a city, 
your place of employment. Maybe some of you in here are bosses. He's looking for someone to stand in the gap for a business. And sometimes people say, I, I, I don't want that type of pressure. Well, here's the truth of the matter is, if you're not going to stand in the gap, who is? And so right at God, God is in need of what I call gappers. God is enlisting people in his army, and your rank is that of a gapper, if that's possible. Stand in the gap. Stand in the gap. What does that look like, Pastor? Well, there's this hole in the wall. And it's like on this side of me, there's, there's a little bit of wall, but right here in the middle, there's nothing there. And so it's kind of like I interlock with God to say, I'll stand in the gap and I'll begin to pray. And the way this begins to look for us is this way. I, I got a couple uncles right now. They're getting old. And I, I say, Lord, I, I don't want them to go to hell. And so I pray, this is how I pray. I say, Father God, I come to you in the name of Jesus. I stand into the gap for my Uncle Wayne, who's in his 90s. I, I stand in the gap for my Uncle John, his late 80s. I stand in the gap for my Uncle Don, who's in his 80s. I, I stand in the gap for my children. I, and, and listen, if we don't stand in the gap, what happens? What happens? He said he'd destroy the land. See, don't tell me our prayers don't avail. Don't tell me our prayers don't work. God's always been a God of prayer. Why don't you stand up here with me today? Whoo, goodness of God, huh? Goodness of God. You know what that is right there, what we just talked about? That's 2, Corinthians, 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14. We were on this a few weeks ago. If my people, who are called by my name, would humble and pray, seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, just like what was going on in Israel, he made a promise, I'll heal your land. But the other side of that coin is if my people who are called by my name will not humble themselves and will not pray and will not seek my face and will not turn from my wicked ways, then your land will be destroyed. But I go back. He was just looking for a man, a, a woman. It just shows me something. If just one, God can just use the one. You know what I sense today God's saying? You're the one. You're the one. Man, it elevates. It, it, it makes your prayer life incredible, okay? I, I'm telling you, it becomes an adventure to watch and pray. Just watch what God begins to do. Just watch. I'm going to ask you to bow your head right there where you're at. stand before you today, Father God. And we know from your, your word that our prayers are like incense to you. Lord, I pray a grace in this house right now.
that we are askers, we are seekers, and we are knockers. That we continually knock on heaven's door. And Father God, I pray a grace that comes upon us right now. That through your invitation, we would come boldly before the throne room of grace. And all over your house right now, Lord, I pray mercy and grace. Fresh mercy and grace. But Holy Spirit, I welcome you right now. That you would move in a tangible way here. That there would be men and women right now that would say, Lord, I'm enlisting in your army. That I will be a warrior, I will be a fighter, and I will be a soldier in the kingdom of heaven, and I will stand in the gap. Now, as our team gets ready to pray, I'm t- I believe God wants to anoint us. I really do. I-, I believe God wants to anoint us right here. If you're watching by live stream, he's wanting to anoint. And so as they sing, and I welcome you, say, I'm in, Lord. I'm in, I'm in, I'm in. Go ahead, God. Thank you once again for joining us on this podcast. To check out more services from Faith Church, you can find our live broadcast on YouTube or check out our website at faithchurchlubbock.com for more information on upcoming events, how to give, and how you can get involved.